0: Okay, so I have uh, two housekeeping things to bring up at the start of the episode, if that's okay, Bill. I'll allow it. Uh, so the first is the uh, t-shirts, right? Remember ages ago we did the coat of arms thing? and Yes. Yeah, cool Mayor won it and we're all like, we're going to put it on t-shirts. And there has been no movement over the past few months about that. Um, and you brought this up last time. Uh, in a private message between the two of us. So I figure it's good to put it on air. The uh, I, we, are waiting for Patreon to uh, incorporate merchandise into their platform. Because right. uh, it'd be nice if it was all in one location and didn't have to go set up new accounts on various like merchandising uh, sites and all that sort of jazz. Like I kind of would like it to all be in one place. Patreon is working on this at the moment, and I believe they're very close to finalizing this merchandising side of the thing. Um so heads up there may be teacher t-shirts coming maybe by the end of the year. All going well, but it does depend on Patreon's uh, schedule. That makes sense? Great. Cool. perfect. Just as a heads up. And I can't wait as well because I would like a uh, a artifacts in cold t teachers even if no one else buys one. I just want one for myself. <laughs>
1: I want one. We can wear them together, and we we can we can like go around together as pals. We can. And we'll see that we have the same clothes. and yeah. we'll know that we're pals. That's how it works.
0: <laughs> uh, the other thing is the my address, our address, pal, uh, has changed for reasons mm-hmm. I don't know. I got contact about them. They're like, hey, we've changed your address. Um, so I am going to put a send us stuff link in the show notes with the new address. Do not use the old one. I believe I have eradicated it from all existence on the site. Um, <laughs> but just to be sure, if you're going, if you're thinking about sending us a thing, go with what's in the show notes under this video or under this uh, podcast episode. Um, on that, uh, I would like to request uh, people to send us a thing. Uh, I want. I would love if people could send us money.
1: Right. Licorice,
0: oh. no licorice as well. Yeah, but 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 money, right? Now I don't mean as in like donations and things. Uh, I would like to start a money collection because I was away on holidays. We get to it at the, in the green room, and I brought home uh, Moroccan currency—the the smallest note in Moroccan currency—and I was like, "Oh, that's really cool." And I was like, "Oh, we have listeners all over the world, and we're in a unique position that we have this." So I was like, "Wouldn't it be amazing for for uh, my collection?" if people were to send us send us the smallest denomination of note that they can. Um, so if that's the thing that you might want to do, and maybe attach a little note to it and we'll read it out on the show, please, please, please do, because I'd love to start this collection. Um, for people who are kind of like, well, why don't you just go get stuff changed? That can sometimes be a bit tricky. Like I wasn't able to purchase one uh, going to Korea. Uh, I couldn't go into the bank or into Brewer de Changes and just purchase one. Uh, so... Yeah, it, it takes people in far from places to send money if for it to happen. Uh, so yeah, uh, I'd like to start a, uh, a money collection. Uh, if you'd like to send me stuff, that'd be amazing. Please keep it only small, no big bucks, like just literally just so I have a specimen from your fine
1: country. Make sense? That makes absolute sense. What uh, what so? What do you have so far? Do you have any one left over?
0: Uh, I don't know. Maybe the captain has some one left over, but I don't have any one left over. I literally, right. I literally have man euro, the Bill Paulian dollar, and the dirham, which is the Moroccan currency. Um, and <laughs> Bill, has, Bill has a cold. Everyone, just a heads Sorry, open. guys. Um, there will be
1: sniffles and snorts and things.
0: And the Bill Paulian currency is going to you. I'm gonna send it to you when I get a chance. Um, Thank you. So I need to replace the dollars. Um, right. So I really only have two specimens: Euro and Durham, and it'd be cool to expand that.
1: Yeah, I've got. Um, obviously I've got Euro. Um, I've got Sterling, of course. I s- I don't remember if I've any if I've any American dollars anywhere. Um, what I do have is some old Zambian kwacha oh oh yeah that, that's class I've, you... I've got quite a bit of it actually i've got i've got like three or four notes i think
0: hang on okay do you have this near to hand could you send me a picture
1: i do not i have it oh. uh, it's at my parents house i might be able to send you a picture later today if i'm if I, I if i go to my parents yeah or actually hold on let me let me
0: google google has pictures on it sometimes
1: well no now hold on the thing is they re-denominated the currency in 2013 they changed the, the value of it, I think, and like re, reset it. So I don't know if they if they introduced new banknotes as well. So I've the one I was there in two thousand and six, I think. Mm. So it was before they changed it. Uh, well, doing a quick Google search here, the the currency looks like absolute
0: garbage. <laughs> do a quick Google search for Zambian kwacha, and it looks like a mess of overlapping everything that's not that's not very aesthetically pretty i gotta give it to the dollar like it's a, a lot of people a lot of people um mock it for its kind of boringness but the dollar is a very coherent uh item do you know it's a very coherent design to it um, and the, the euro is the euro is decent as well let me take out a euro here the euro is not bad it's not it's not bad it's a bit messy but it's not bad at all but yeah that 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 that' Zambian money is, is I, crazy I like
1: the euro uh, as the the like the overall design of it across the notes like the, the over mm. here yeah the kind the, of the it, you know the the currency as a whole is is a little work of art not just the individual notes or works of art.
0: Mm, mm. that's actually do you know what that's fair that's fair uh, I'll give you that
1: uh, and I own, and um the there was a point at which the the british currency like because obviously money in the uk is still kind of semi-medieval so it's all over the place and new coins are introduced independently of others so it's ridiculous but um there was a stage at which you could take all of the coins and their reverse sides like their tails, if you arrange them a certain way, you would get an image of the royal um arms, I think. What? I think so, yeah. Or maybe it was if you had enough one-euro coin, one-pound coins, they all, like, different ones were printed with different parts of the royal arms in the back. There's something like that. I remember when I lived there, a friend showed it to me. Huh. I thought it was rather neat.
0: Uh, man, I always found the one-pound coin in England to be really strange, because it
1: was so chunky and um, you know, it was small and dense i think they've gotten rid of that though have they the last two times i was over there there was a different pound coin that was more like a euro coin oh it was made of two metals i didn't see any of the the old the the small dense ones
0: oh okay one pound coin let me have a look at this oh yeah would you look at that ah those small dense ones were a bit of a feature
1: yeah, I like them.
0: Oh, that's amazing. What what year is this dated as? Now, Bill, come here. If you're going to ask people to send money to you, right? Uh, for a collection, w- do you think it should be notes or coins? Cuz I feel like mm. coins is what people usually collect, but coins are like they're like they're, they're not easily storable, whereas notes are very very easily storable. But then notes you can to put grade... them in like a
1: Magic the Gathering card folder.
0: You, you could you could and in fact i intend on buying one of those again i have just gotten back into playing magic so um <laughs> the so yeah what, what do you think coins or notes Which should we do which would you advise here
1: um or
0: both i suppose you could do both but then
1: whatever people want to send i mean if you're if you're building a note collection I, i'd be kind of a purist that i'd want it to be one thing i'd want it to be one or the other mm. personally yeah, I'd be. saying. you seem to have started with a note, kind of affair. So, yeah, I'd be inclined to stick with that. But um...
0: uh, I, yeah, my my gut is saying notes because they're almost like little works of art. Not the coins aren't little works of art, but like the idea of you know pictures on paper is kind of like the primal sort of work of art. So I I, I think I think notes. Um. Anyhow, anyhow, listener, if you if you want, uh. And if you feel so inclined to help me out, I would greatly appreciate it. Uh Links to the address pal will be in the show notes. Uh Yeah, and send me some. Oh, oh, and I will say actually, uh, Americans. I hate to say this, but I but don't send me dollar because the majority of listeners here will be American, and so I've I'm uh, I'm afraid that everyone is going to send dollars, and I'm not going to get anything else. So. Uh, Americans hold back a little bit, unless you have, like, a special dollar or something like that, in which case, go for it. Um, But, yeah, there you go. That's the address, pal. Anything else to add, Bill, or to chime in on?
1: Uh, I don't believe I do. Cool.
0: All right, uh, final thing on my end is uh, I would like to give thanks to the wonderful soul that is Gilligot, uh, who who started or who finished or did... Or was involved in the great Wikipedia editing war that was uh, fixing the and Wikipedia page. Uh, it is now. It is amazing that we are now we all has been righted and it it says now Schlieveneering is an imposing mountain without quotation marks, without sarcasm. It's great. A grim peak. A grim. <coughs> Does it say a grim peak?
1: No, but do it ought to. That'd be cool. <laughs>
0: No, no Bill we don't want if we don't actually want to make sarcastic edits, we want to make we want to correct the world here. So those quotation marks had to go. Um, we had
1: two people on YouTube claim that they they had a fixed it for us as well.
0: Well, I think what happened was a couple of people did and it got switched back and forth. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it did actually cause a bit of a minor editing war. Uh, I do like Gilligot's reason for this, which is, uh it was it, it was patron the removal of the quotes uh were removed because it was patronizing to locals example the youtuber artifacts <laughs> i think is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice one we had someone in the reddit uh dispute the idea that it is a mountain and i'm totally on board with that um like they were saying i can't remember who it was but they were saying that it was it felt more like a hill like 500 meters up is not really a mountain uh, and that's fine. If we want to call it a hill, that's totally fine. But then we also need to call the sugarloaf a hill. We can't be calling one a mountain and one, uh, in quotes, mountain. Uh, if mm-hmm. we have a universal nomenclature here. They're either both mountains or they're both hills. But they're definitely not one mountain and one sarcastic hi- uh, mountain. Um, so I'm glad that's fixed. Thank you all. That was class. I really have become an internet person because I've 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 uh, sparked an edit war. That's how you know you made it, Bill. Can you get <laughs> Wikipedia edit war going?
1: <laughs> Rally the troops. Um. So sorry. Wh- who was that on Reddit?
0: I have no. I can't remember. It just. I I remember reading it. I can't remember who it was. Okay. We will. Uh, uh, if we find out this person, we'll stick him in the show notes.
1: Sure, and, and a shout out to Doctor Who Ten and Kvzvk. On <laughs> YouTube as well.
0: What well, what did what, what did the two of them do? Oh, they were involved in the edit as well.
1: Well, they said, uh, Edgar I fixed that for you." And YouTube has decided to stop actually playing for some reason. Um, so I, but from the timestamp here, that they've commented on. I guess it's also referring to the to the Wikipedia thing.
0: Cool. Um, I so thank you to all involved. You are you are uh you are the best of us. <laughs> real-time follow-up bill uh the captain may have some nepalese rupee uh which is cool um so cool um any listeners in in nepal do you think we have listeners in nepal i don't think we have listeners in nepal
1: well let's have a look at the artifacts of census oh have you got that handy hold on um it's in the it's in the show or it's in the the it's in the google 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 sheets isn't
0: it yeah for the show yeah hold on
1: no one in Nepal as of the the survey, but maybe.
0: Okay, well, at least I got a, a means of getting Nepalese ruby. That's pretty cool. Mm, mm, no one in
1: South Asia at all, actually, that I can see.
0: Damn it! <laughs> and I don't. We don't have any money left oh, from our travel. Malaysia. News. In Malaysia, that's
1: more south. E- that's more Southeast Asia, I guess. If you, I, I don't know how, how we draw the lines between them. Um... And with China, with a few in China, which borders Nepal, but um, that's about it.
0: Yeah, it's amazing to think how much, uh, how many countries China uh, borders. Like, It's crazy. It's so huge. Um, okay, shall we do some world building? Certainly. <laughs> All right, do you want to read your book of a yoke
1: you've written this time? It's only nearly a thousand words. <laughs> Chill. <laughs> All right, I'll see you in 15 minutes. <laughs> my dear cousin it is not of our custom to give each other orders and make demands but i must beg your indulgence on this occasion by the time this letter reaches you i will be nearly at home and i insist that you take me out so i can tell you of the adventures i've had on this tour my master advised me not to take up with the tamar company and his warnings were not unwarranted. These past two hundred days have been an education in the misery and confinement of life aboard a vessel, the drudgery of the work, and the pettiness and venality of those souls who make their trade thus. He said little of the danger I would encounter, and yet again old Symas proved wise, had I known of the thrills and elation company life would allow, I should have downed my tools and quit his yard six seasons since. So much has happened, I can scarce put the least part of it in a letter. When I reach Meersvir, I will come directly to your house, so I can be taken right away to the nearest spot for some proper brandy. They don't keep you short of strong drink aboard, least of all in the company vessels, and least of all on my vessel, the Aspire, (laughs) haha, but proper brandy I have missed. To whet your appetite, I shall tell you of one story that gives a picture of the life I've led thirty days ago, we were somewhere beyond the Usin belt. Don't fear I have learned no navigation, cousin, I just had been assigned to gunnery for a few days, and we encountered a smaller vessel, low on the horizon, crossing our bow. Now there is no reason for an honest vessel to be travelling that terrain, so low to the ground, and certainly not at its heading. So our captain, a more ill-tempered woman I have yet to meet in my life, a bully and a cheat, but a master navigator and an uncanny tactician gave the order to chase. We had the advantage of great speed over our prey, though they gave us some trouble in the night and pulled a neat maneuver into the rising sun as dawn broke, almost blinding us and disappearing into the haze. Being on gunnery duty, I took little part in these affairs, but at last we got directly above them and after a warning shot from our lowest battery, the smugglers, for that is what they were, struck their colors and halted. The captain did not descend, but instead sent the first lieutenant, a miserable gambler and a cheerful brawler, and the vessel's weird, less of an oddity than you might expect, though deeply inscrutable, and a selection of six crew, myself among them, to seize the vessel and deal with those abroad. They were a wretched bunch, ragged and ill, and the pickings of their cargo were upsettingly slim. The captain ordered the lieutenant and the weird to return to Aspire, and I was left to take the vessel to the company depot, back on the civilized side of the belt. I landed the prisoners. Don't fret, kind cousin. The company always leaves such disenfranchised souls on a high vantage point with rations, where they may attend to their own welfare until such a time as one of their kin will rescue them. Once I was airborne again, I learned that the smugglers had been navigating purely on natural skill and familiarity with the land. There was not a single navigational instrument chart to be found in that mean vessel and i who had been working in gunnery was lost in this land well the aspire was gone too far for me to signal or call back without appearing a fine fool in the eyes of my fellows and risking the captain's wrath so i struck out with nothing to guide me in this unfamiliar land but the sun for two days i set the course by the sun and by night i guided my vessel by the moon our facade gleaming low in the sky And sure enough, by dawn on the second day, I found myself crossing the belt. By noon of the third day, I reached the depot, and sure enough, they had expected me only that morning. I consulted the charts there, and found I had traveled by near the closest route possible. Do you think it may be the captain, experienced in the ways of smugglers, expected them to have no maps? And was testing me, or perhaps trying to have me punished for lateness? Ah, but I made a good time and not even my brute of a captain can deny it. Two days only by the sun, the moon, and the four inner planets, and I arrive within mere hours of her reckoning. Ah, but dear cousin, that is only one story, and the one I can most safely commit to paper. When you see me, you must not let me leave or get too drunk with all I have told you of the Binny Trader in Parath, or the battle above the Selin Lake, or the card game my first week in the barracks. You will delight in all these, I promise you. I trust all is well in Mirser. Has my brother quite recovered from his illness? Do kiss your mother and father for me, and my mother, should you see her. If you see my father, tell him he is a scoundrel. Yours? Yar te Yarthen. Probationary Officer 2nd Class, Tamar Company Fleet, Usin Province Depot.
0: Cool. All right. You need to give me a second here. Uh, I think I missed something. Uh, No worries. Oh, okay. 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 So uh, your man dropped off the smugglers on this high vantage point and didn't time his thing quite uh, well and he couldn't get back to the main ship and he had to use a smuggler ship to get back to the depot.
1: Oh, no. Yar was sent back to take the smuggler ship to the depot as a prize.
0: Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. And then, oh yeah, then you had to like do it without maps and things like that, and it's all cool and stuff. Uh, yeah, cool. All right, okay, a couple of things here. Um, Just not, not even related to your story, but like to wet your appetite, spelled with a H. Is that how you spell wet?
1: Wet, yeah.
0: Oh, to I, wet thaw- I thought it's literally to wet, as in like to salivate.
1: Like to. No, to wet, as in to, to sharpen, like, like wetting a knife.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that one wets a knife. I thought one sharpens a knife. That's interesting. Yeah. Um to wet, wet your appetite. And I, I suppose in ORP it should be pronounced wet with a wh.
1: Uh, I don't know if it's pronounced like that in RP, but it's certainly Well, yeah, cuz cuz let me see this pronunciation guide here. I just googled it to make sure I was using the the right spelling. The pronunciation guide just says wet. But oh, okay. um I I think I have a slight tendency to overpronounce uh h's in wh words um Hmm. hold on let's see without without the wine wine um merger so it's essentially complete in england wales the west indies south africa australia it's not found in scotland or in most of ireland um so yeah so uh, so
0: wait, wait wait the wine wine merger is not found in most of ireland
1: yeah, what it's saying here is most people will pronounce, like, "wine" as in cry the same as wine as in grape, fermented grapes drink.
0: Yeah, yeah, I do that.
1: You, you pronounce it as wine.
0: Yeah, the, the you baby... Pronounce them the same. The baby was whining because it was drinking wine. Yeah, they're the same thing. Say that again? The baby was whining because it was drinking wine. Oh, no, I definitely
1: pronounce it as wine.
0: Oh, so you go, the baby was whining...
1: Yeah, Be- because
0: he was drinking wine.
1: <laughs> yeah, sounds, they're they're, sounds, diff- they're different words. They're 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 totally different to me. But the more
0: the more I get into the linguistics, the more I realize I don't think I speak like an Irish person. <laughs> 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 That's crazy. All right. Well, to to wet your apple or to wet your apple with a H. Interesting. Um, can you tell me what the Usin Belt is?
1: It's a mountain range.
0: Okay. Uh, what is vessels weird?
1: That's a like an officer position aboard these these kind of vessels.
0: Oh, okay. And is 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 the title weird? Is that a um, an Earth
1: thing? Like, is that a real thing? No, it's a thing I've made up.
0: Ah, okay. So, uh, what 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 analogs would it have in in real life?
1: Um, there isn't really one. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, so what what do they do? Roughly. Um, sort of without giving too much away um communication okay um well i guess so i guess you would have that in modern wrestle that you'd have like a someone in charge of like radios and things um but communication and um certain kinds of navigation and i guess reference to kind of magic and things
0: okay oh cool uh, and then the final thing, uh, airborne. Mm-hmm. Once I was airborne, are these like sky pirates?
1: Uh, I don't think they'd appreciate being called pirates. <laughs> but they're, they're these are like sky ships.
0: Yeah. All right. Now, okay. So uh, to paint a picture for me here, are are these the sort of ships? As in, like well I think of sky ships as being there? They're like galleys that float. Or have you? Are you thinking of a totally different sort of design in your head?
1: Uh, not like galleys that float, not, not like pirate ships with sails and things on top, not like that. I haven't exactly figured out how I want them to be designed, but um, they wouldn't exactly be that because, as I said, they've like well, as implied in the in the the text, they have batteries of guns that operate in on in different planes and at different directions. So they were above the smuggler vessel and they fired oh, yeah. downwards from their lowest battery. So. I mean, yeah,
0: but I mean, you can still have a, like a galley shaped thing, except with cannons coming out of the bottom, you know, like it's, that does not exclude a galley form, do you know?
1: I guess, but they're not anyway.
0: Okay, and, and are, but are you thinking of them as being, um, as being boat-like, or are we thinking of like them as just being analogs for airplanes, say?
1: Not, no, more More like ships. Right. Like I've okay. used a lot of kind of like ship language and kind of inspired by, you know, reading things set in navies that they refer uh, to them as vessels and that they have a kind of a, a ship-like uh, construction and hierarchy.
0: Uh, and we are in Hanwavia, yeah? We are. Okay, so it's canonical now that there are flying sky pirates in Han- Hanwavia.
1: Um. Yeah,
0: <laughs> they don't. They don't appreciate being called sky pirates. Um. No, that's cool, man. Um. Anything? Anything else to add?
1: Um. There's a little. There's a little kind of bonus here for anyone who can who can figure out where this is set, in Hundwavia. Um.
0: Uh, hold on. Okay. So, but we know for South. Um, We know the facade is a thing. Hold on, let me pull up your blog. What's your blog called again, man?
1: Jansbar.tumblr.com.
0: Jansbar. It's where,
1: it's where I put the hand wavy stuff.
0: Oh, oh well, hang on. Facade is a, is a planet.
1: hmm.
0: Oh, shit. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on.
1: Facade is the desert planet.
0: It is. Oh, by night, I guided my vessel by the moon or facade gleaming low in the sky. Um, Okay, but you have also mentioned that there was four, two days only by the sun, the moon and the four inner planets. So it's obviously on a different planet. Uh, So you mentioned way back at the start about how you, when we talk about like the layout of the planets in this system. You talk about how each would have a different sort of stick to it, uh, because of the whole planetary romance sort of thing. So I'm I'm thinking that perhaps you mentioned something that would be conducive to flying uh flying ships and stuff, uh would be in the same sort of genre. You mentioned that as being one of the planets. I, I think that's that's as far as I can get without you know looking back into it. Am I in any way close?
1: Yeah, you're you're pretty much bang on. Oh, so, cool! Great. <laughs> um, actually, I'll, I'll get up. I'll get up the the chart there. What was what was hand Wavy and Dagger was the was Poss- the the episode?
0: Possibly, yeah. It's been it's been a long time, Bill.
1: Mm. So one of my goals in making this system was to populate the habitable zone as much as possible.
0: Yes, I remember that. Yeah
1: um so i've got three planets in the habitable zone i've got the uh well according to the the normal habitable zone i've got the hand wavy itself i really need a name for that um i need a proper name for that for that planet and um i have the planet which i've marked as romance because it's the planetary romance kind of sword and planet thing and then a little bit further in is the desert planet and i remember i, I cited that paper that said it would be potentially yes. possible to do yeah. some things there so at uh, fasath is the desert planet handwavia is where um king Tertia of namo is and all that mm-hmm. and this is on the fifth planet romance
0: why why romance
1: why did i call it that
0: yeah what what is well, the, that was the, what is the romance genre
1: as in planetary romance, like um, oh, yeah. John Carter of Mars, all that kind of thing. Okay, cool. Sword, sword and Planet, planetary romance. Not exactly the same, but they're kind of connected. Cool. That's that's awesome. I will I will relink
0: this uh, stat sheet in the show notes for this, so people don't have to go and yeah. find Episode 7. That's really cool, man. It is... M- uh, oh, sorry, go on. No, after you. Uh, i was about to say, it's really cool, uh, like becoming familiar with these places and being all like, oh, facade. I know about this. This is a thing that we've mm-hmm. talked about before. And it, yeah, it's just, it's kind of like reading the world's slowest and longest novel. It's just, tick, <laughs> it takes forever to get through, but you're like, oh, I that's like, what I'm, I'm going through. for. <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool. Anyway, you had a point you were going to say.
1: Oh yeah. So if you look at the stat sheet that I gave way back mm-hmm. for this system, um item f or object f which is the the fifth planet romance if you look at its relative surface gravity
0: uh yeah it's 0.6 oh so i see what you're going with it,
1: which is a classical ver- thing for uh certain planet kind of fiction is that the, the gravity is lighter there so humans from earth are stronger because their muscles are used to the much heavier gravity
0: Ah, cool. And also lower yeah. gravity means that stuff flies
1: a little bit easier. So that's cool. Yeah, Exactly. Cool. It's easier to have sky privateers.
0: Uh, and the, are people able uh, to cross planets in Handwavia, Or is it just isolated uh, planets? Um, why do you ask? Why do I ask? Yeah. I mean, I want to know if one day these sky pirates can visit Vasath.
1: <laughs> um... I would suspect that if anywhere could do it, it would be this planet. Okay, so oh. it seems to fit in with there, and and we know that people came or that things travelled to Fassath from elsewhere.
0: Oh, okay, I man. Did you ever see that that Disney film? Uh, is it called Treasure Planet? I think yeah, Treasure Planet. Um, I have
1: not. I have not.
0: It's really good. You should. You should go. You should go watch it. It's very, very good.
1: Uh, but one of my friends is a big fan of it. It's, it's kind of seen as one of Disney's. Most people see it as one of Disney's weaker ones, but I know a friend who who's a big defender of it.
0: No, I I, I think most people think of it as being one of Disney's strong ones that doesn't get celebrated. Um, oh really? Yeah, because okay. th- there's a, actually there's a really good video essay on this. I'll I'll see if I can find it again and link it in the show notes. And I think the basic shtick was that it was. Um, it was basically set up to fail in terms of like when it was released, uh, in terms of budgets and things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. And it just didn't do very well. And ergo, Disney didn't spend a whole lot of time pushing it and things like that. And then, but only afterwards, it gained like a cult following. People were like, actually, this is a, a really great uh, film. And it just, it circumstances led to the fact that it just never took off. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm in the latter camp. I think it really is a really great film. Um, I think some of the CG stuff is dated quite heavily, um, yeah. But you know that doesn't detract from the storytelling part. Anyway, I bring this up to say that they have essentially space pirates, and it's like mm-hmm. galleys in space. Is it galleys or galleons? What which is the correct word?
1: They they mean different things. I think are they both ships? I think a galley is the kitchen of a ship
0: okay so let's go galleon then <laughs>
1: but it, it's no hold on it is because you're a galley slave and they're the guys who like pull oars so it's a type of ship as well
0: okay it's also a place where you hang artwork uh but anyhow so
1: <laughs> so the, um
0: i yeah, did so anyway, there was uh it's, they basically was like space galleons uh and mm-hmm. yeah i was kind of like i wonder would uh, people from the romance planet go all space galleon and fly over to the Saturday? that's really cool it's like real high fantasy
1: probably not oh bill probably not with like legit space galleons bill. maybe a space, Man-O-War
0: a space man o' war or
1: space a space ship of the line a man war um,
0: that's a band
1: it is a band. It's, it's a kind of ship as well.
0: Oh, interesting. A man of war ship <laughs> I love the way I like I know nothing about ships and they all just look like ships to me. Like it's just it's a ship. It's a wooden yoke with sails. Um Bill given and Bill take it away. He 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 makes makes India pop in my head and he's like, nope. Um anyhow, that was cool, man. Is there anything else? Just, there's the that bit about the um eagle-eyed people would be able to see where it is anything else well now everyone will
1: see it because you told everyone
0: i'm just i am the most eagle <laughs> uh, but yeah anything, anything else in it
1: um no i think that's i think that's it all so yeah this is the first thing i've written that is set in romance uh which again i need to find a new actual name for um so far only one of the planets has a proper name
0: uh yeah for sath um yeah it's a cool name. Um I'm sure you'll get one. Will you tell us when you get it?
1: I certainly will. There's actually there's actually and one more um Easter egg there uh which has been uh an Easter egg I don't think I even mentioned was in the facade stuff. So uh, I'm I'm going to leave that there. And see if anyone figure that out.
0: Okay, no. I'm going to I'm going to not attempt that one. I feel like <laughs> you know what you should always duck out when you're on top. I I nailed the last one, so I'm like, no, I'm not going to attempt that. We'll leave it up to the listeners.
1: Quit Um, while you are ahead.
0: Quit while you are (laughs) ahead. Precisely. Uh, Cool. All right. Shall we move on to uh, a bit of aspect
1: stuff? Move on to aspect stuff, indeed.
0: Okay, so um, the we don't intend to release podcasts after Q and A episodes. Um, but given that I went away on holidays this month, I'm probably not going to get a video out this month. So we thought to try and keep the roughly monthly basis of this podcast, we do a podcast now, which means talk about the Q and A thing. So yeah, it's, mm-hmm. this is happening. It's a once off sort of thing. Um, I released a video called aspect Q and think it's, I always forget the name of my videos. Uh, but aspect. <laughs> 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 <coughs> Verbal Q and A. Are you
1: okay, Bill? No.
0: <laughs> you sound so sad.
1: This, um, this is cold. I know, like, man. You know the way. When, you know. know the way when
0: you're. Si- what? No, I know. I know. Colds are. Colds are nightmare.
1: But you know the way when when you're when you're sick, it makes you feel miserable. Yeah. Yeah. And you just feel like generally, I I, I haven't felt that so much. I felt really angry.
0: <laughs> you feel angry this cold is making you angry
1: yeah the, the other day like I woke up I think it was it was Monday The other, Monday morning I woke up and I was really like sick and I felt really wretched and I wasn't sad about it I was just really annoyed I was furious about yeah. being sick
0: man you know I get that sometimes as well especially if like I feel like there's a thing I need to be doing and I can't you get like frustrated and aggravated because of it um, mm. I think you feel. I think you begin to feel sad when you have like non-cold illnesses. Like if you have <laughs> Bill's editing the docs in front of me, and it's really distracting. Uh, <laughs> I think if you have food poisoning or something, then you feel really sad because it's like just you can't do anything and you're in pain and things like that. But if it's just a cold, it's like this. It's not debilitating enough to make you feel sad, but it, it can make you feel annoyed. And which on that. Um, anyhow, anyhow, aspect video So the main thing I want to bring up with this It's probably going to be a really short point Is this, the continued saga That is, does English Have a habitual future And I mentioned this On, on the QA and I got lots of responses and stuff um, Before I get into that though I want to address the thing that you said in the last episode Bill, but that did not make the last Episode because I did a terrible job Explaining it um, <laughs> You basically were like, okay uh, surely English has a habitual future with the construction, I will have been working. Yeah? Yeah. I will have been. And so I butchered my way through a 10-minute explanation about why that is not habitual, Uh when the clear and obvious answer to that is that it is uh, called future perfect, I believe. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's just, it's just an aspect. It's one of the four aspects of English. So whilst I can totally see how it could be habitual, I think think what's going on with the I will have been construction is that it does have, it has perfect meaning, ergo we put it in the perfect camp. Uh, it's like, it's perfect meaning overrides any sort of habituality it would have, because it's not purely habitual the way the used to construction is, if that makes sense.
1: Um, See that last sentence again?
0: So the used to construction is purely habitual, it doesn't really have any other function other than habituality. sort of whereas the i will have been working uh sounds like it could be habitual but it also has a very strong perfect thing um that makes sense so i think that's maybe why they lumped it into the uh future perfect um i'm not i'm not entirely sure about that but anyway yeah so it is not classed so i will have been working i will have been going is not classed as a future habitual um makes sense
1: I think it does. Uh,
0: so, yeah, so I uh, from the responses under the Q&A about this future habitual thing that I will use to be working or whatever construction I gave uh, is that I'm p- pretty confident now that it's not even a dialect thing. I think people are just, uh, possibly because I didn't explain it very well, are, are just, like, getting the wrong shtick. um. Like a lot of people are kind of like, uh, I can totally see how this happens uh, in the sense that we have this idea of a future, I will, and we have the idea of a habitual, used to, and you put the two together and you can kind of word for word parse that thing, ergo it must exist in English. And that's not how things work. And I think people are kind of like, uh, when I brought it up, the people are kind of taking it as a challenge to try and construct the future habitual without actually asking the question, does this habitual actually exist? Make sense? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yep. Um, so, and I think a really gr- a great example, and oh yeah, uh, the, the flip side is that some people did give like examples of it in action. And a good example is uh, you slash Zen 10's thing uh, where he was like, uh, the example of dialogue he gave was person one, I used to work there. Person two replies, I will have used to work there. And the sort of connotation is that person two is like using a highly marked stylized form to highlight the the used to, if you know what I mean. Like it's a non-standard construction, like a poetic license sort of thing. And loads of people cited poetic license uh, examples. And that's great and all, but that doesn't mean that English grammaticalize this thing you know because if yeah. we if we then allow that English
1: look, as she is actually spoke
0: yeah exactly um because if we allow a, like stylized or poetic license or highly marked things then we also need to allow Yoda speech for example uh into like what English is we'd have to say that that is a contract construct a correct construction in English which would be nonsense or, like, me, Tarzan, you, Jane. We'd also have to allow that as a feature of it. He never
1: says that in the original book. Oh, does he not? No, the first sentence he says to her is... Actually, I'm going to go find that, just just because this is a bugbear of mine. <laughs> a bugbear? Is a bugbear a DD character, by any chance? It's, it's a DD monster, yeah. Hold on, I'm going to... I'm going uh, to be moving away from podcast life, but I'm carrying my... my... Hold on. Oh, Bill! <coughs> Bill's gone on travels. Uh-oh. Uh oh. It, uh, it, it's actually like it's, it's the story in the novel is uh pretty racist, first of all, um, and second of all, uh, so different from like the popular idea of of how how it worked and and how he speaks. Um,
0: Bill, did we perhaps cover this in the past?
1: i i feel like we did okay
0: G- give a real quick one uh about this just in case we did we don't want to have two big sections of this
1: so the first thing that tarzan actually says is uh, t- to jane is jane jane porter he calls her name right Okay. so we just calling out so we won't count it the first actual sentence he says is yes your man jane porter your savage primeval man come out of the jungle to claim his mate the woman who ran away from him.
0: That's a lot more eloquent than we usually associate with Tarzan.
1: And you got to realise here that English is the second language he learns to speak. He learns to speak French, first of all.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's very interesting. But either way, Man, Bill...
1: It's super weird.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but either way, we shouldn't allow me, Tarzan, you, Jane, as a yes. grammatical English construction. Just because we can tack together a whole load of words and our brains can kind of make sense of them doesn't mean mm-hmm. that that is a feature of English. And I think a lot of people were kind of like, of course it's a feature because we can tack all these words together. It has to be a feature and that's not how things work. Um, mm-hmm. And again, I think an awful lot of this confusion is down to the fact that I did not explain it very well, uh, which is, is, is on my bad. And the last thing I want to bring up uh, related to this habitual future thing is a good couple of people as well brought up prescriptivism versus descriptivism in this. uh, In saying that prescriptivists will say that uh, I will use to work here is incorrect. But descriptivists will be all like, yeah, sure, that totally works. Uh, And I was kind of on board with this. But then I talked to like Zidnaf and I thought about it a little bit and I was like, Hang on, that's not how prescriptivism or descriptivism works at all. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, just to to clear this up in case anyone was thinking this, um, prescriptivism is like almost, I see it almost like moral judgments of like non linguists, right? Like, non linguists going, oh, you shouldn't say x thing. You should say this thing. This is how you should talk.
1: Yeah, you shouldn't put prepositions at the end of sentences.
0: Right, exactly. And specifically by non-linguists, right? And then descriptivism, I feel like, is the linguist branch, right? Like every linguist I've ever read, their whole shtick is to just describe what a language does without moral judgment,
1: right? Um, There's literally no such thing as as Prescriptivist linguistics anymore,
0: right? Exactly, exactly, because they literally they just spell out what the, what they find, like they note the generalities, they note the exceptions. That's all descriptivism. So it is. It would be false to say that a prescriptivist would uh, disallow "I will ha- I will use to," uh, because a, a descriptivist, like a linguist, would also disallow that because it's not found as a general English feature. If you know what I mean?
1: Well. Allowing or disallowing isn't the the even the point. The, the point is, is it actually said? Right, because yeah. that's what they're concerned with. It's not. It is not a feature of the language as the language is spoken.
0: Right, exactly. And like again, they uh, linguists will like often note anomalies, um, but that also doesn't make it a feature. Like like the like the um, I do be, which we now which we talked about last time, the Hiberno English thing. A, mm. a linguist will note that as being, like, an, 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 uh, an anomaly, a sort of a, an addition to the, the general English rule set. That doesn't then mean that, like, I do be going to the shop is a feature of general English. Do you know what I mean?
1: No, it is a feature of hiberno English.
0: It is a feature of hiberno English, but not a feature of general English. So there's, it, it's, it's a minefield uh, of, like, what prescriptivism and descriptivism means what is or isn't general English? What can or can we not uh, interpret? Like, it's really, really, it's real dense sort of stuff. But anyway, point being, I will use to work here is, as far as I can tell, it, well, I know for fact, like, it's not English. Like, it's not standard English because it's not mentioned in any of the literature. And I also think it's not a dialectal thing uh, mm-hmm. at all. I think just people are constructing it. Um, for the aforementioned reasons and so hopefully that will put this to bed because my god so many comments came my way man it was crazy
1: <laughs> hopefully it will have used to have been put to bed
0: hey and, and <laughs> new, thus a new argument spawns <laughs> uh, so that's all i have to say uh, again apologies to the listeners here we're very very short show this week but again this is largely because i was on holidays and i hope that's okay normal service will resume next time
1: um actually what did, do want to check i'd forgotten that i did have something for the green room let me just double check here see if this is uh, available yet avail
0: what are you talking about okay cool
1: Sur- mm. surprises right yes um i do have something to say
0: no okay total surprise for me
1: it's not in the notes let's go <laughs> um i sort of i'm on another podcast
0: no, Bill, you're cheating on me. This is ridiculous.
1: Well, only completely sort of, as in, I was in the audience when it was recorded. Oh, <laughs> uh, did you go to Blind Boy? I did not. It, this happened actually ages ago. Okay. Um, this happened when I visited London back in July, but the podcast wasn't released yet. Um, it's only it's only just come out in the past uh, few days.
0: Oh, what's the podcast?
1: The podcast is called History Makers.
0: Oh and they had you on as a guest because you make history
1: (laughs) (laughs) and then no just i i was in uh i was in london and i was talking to before i went i was talking to a friend of mine who i hadn't seen in years um and i i said to them you know do you want do you want to hang out and they said oh yeah um and then they texted me that this event was on they had just seen it on twitter and they got us tickets, and we went along, and we're there for the recording of two episodes of the podcast. Um, the theme of it is looking at inventors from history, and what they made, and the the effects of the things they invented. And it's done by uh, Lucy Rogers, who's a doctor of, I think a doctor of robotics. Oh, wow. A, 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 a technological discipline. And um Beck Hill and Harriet Brain, who are comedians. And hmm. the the three of them discuss the person and discuss their creation, discuss the, the effects of it. Um and it was, it was it was a lot of fun. The two episodes I was there for were for um the Grace Hopper was the, the first person featured who invented Compilers for programming languages. I think as, as I'll have to re-listen to it again to make sure I've got the details right. Um, but yeah, like in, invented compiling programming languages hmm. and was hugely important in the development of computer programming. And I think originated the term computer bug. Really? Yes, because what? the computer bug was actually a bug that flew into the computer and got stuck. Yeah, and was like interrupting something. They were li- um, they were literally bugs back in the day. Yeah, it was literally a moth. Um, so she was like, "Oh, there's a bug in the computer," and then it became normal language. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: man, it is amazing though in the early days of computing how many women were involved. Um, a lot of the big big breakthroughs in computing, at least from what I remember from listening to Crash Course, uh computer science I think it was um a lot of the big big breakthroughs in um, in computing were down to uh, to women um yeah which is pretty cool and uh, horrifically under celebrated <laughs>
1: um and this isn't exactly the same thing but there's probably a, a little bit of an overlap is that computer was originally a job description that someone was a computer it was someone who computed things and did data entry mm. and that was seen as a woman's job because it was um Kind of a clerical, secretarial sort of position, and so I'd imagine that a lot of those people doing that job were responsible for some of those breakthroughs, just by seeing more efficient ways to do
0: things. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, Yeah, as
1: as well as as well as the women who did it through like academic means, and I mean, I think uh, Grace Hopper was in the Navy for her entire career. Oh, the U.S. Navy.
0: I think I know who Grace Hopper is. This this all seems. To make sense, yes. I think she was one of the, the people talked about on Crash Course. Um, mm-hmm.
1: I, I would imagine so, yeah,
0: yeah, cool man. You're on, you're on. Uh, I, c- I can't find <clears throat> the show on on Overcast, which is a bit, is a bit terrible.
1: Um, um, I'll, I'll send you a link to it anyway. Um, i I was able to find it on Podcast Addict on Android. Um, yeah,
0: maybe they just haven't submitted to, um.
1: To, to the iTunes store. Uh, yeah, send me a link and I'll stick the link in the show notes. Sure. And the the second episode, well, the maker was John Harrison, who I've actually mentioned on Scene before. He was the guy who invented the naval chronometer, which uh, solved the longitude problem. Yeah. And made navigating much, much uh, more accurate.
0: Oh, cool. Very cool. Yeah. And you were on stage with these people for these podcasts. That's amazing, man.
1: I was not. <laughs> I was my, in the audience.
0: My brain refuses to refuses to accept that. Um, <laughs> that's that's class, man. That's really cool. I'll have a listen. Uh, see, can I spot your laugh from the audience?
1: It, it's not unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: unless you have anything else to add, uh, should I go on about Morocco?
1: Uh, yeah, I'd love to hear about Morocco.
0: Right, I'm not going to give you the uh, a blow-by-blow account of Morocco. Rather, I'll try and give something that is some interesting questions I have about culture and some uh, interesting, uh, I guess, bits of world building. There wasn't a whole amount of world building I could uncover, mainly because English is not a very well-spoken language in Morocco. It's um, uh-huh. French and Spanish uh, and Arabic, obviously, dominate. Um, so I, there wasn't a whole lot I could do, but the one thing I did find out, which is pretty cool. I saw a Berber flag in, oh, cool. in, in real life. Cause we went to a Berber camp. Uh, we camped out in the desert and the camp was That's a, a pretty dope... dope flag. It's, you know, it's pretty nice. I, and I think, hold on, if I can just get the flag back up here, Berber flag, it reminds me of like, um, the colourful flags, like Comoros and South Africa, those real like intensity colourful ones um the picture on Wikipedia is not entirely accurate in the sense that uh the you see the way the the, the character the glyph yeah it uh, goes from like thin to thick and things like that yeah that's that's not really what what I saw what I saw was just like uniform strips of cloth um, right. this this looks like a real stylized computer version of it um not to say that that can't happen but I didn't see that one um, and yeah, it was really cool. It was it was a really cool thing to, to, uh, to see. For those who can't go to the show notes, this is a two to three aspect ratio rectangular flag. Uh, it is divided into three horizontal stripes. Uh, the top stripe is a sky blue. The middle is a green. Uh, and the bottom is a yellow. And in the center of the flag, over these three stripes, is a glyph, which I think is a Berber glyph. I think it's... According to this, it's the letter Yaz or aza in the Berber language. And it, how would you describe this? It looks like uh, a straight line with two semicircle sort of swishes at the top and bottom, if that makes sense. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, A straight vertical line.
0: A straight vertical line with two semicircles at the top and bottom. So that was a cool thing I found. Uh the other bit of cultural too, uh, oh another bit of cool culture thing is I went to a town called Shefshuan and Shefshuan is a town up in the mountains and it is blue everything's blue in it um, all the all the houses are painted blue the doors are blue everything's blue I'll leave some pictures in the show notes of these things um, and the cool bit of culture here oh. yeah it's cool isn't it it looks really neat yeah the bit of culture here is that it is painted blue. There's a whole load of theories as to why it's painted blue. Some of the least plausible ones are that it, uh, the color wards off mosquitoes. Um, the Jew- Jewish people brought the color with them when they arrived in Shefshuan. And
1: I think the Wikipedia... What, the, su- Go on. The, the people who live there didn't have blue before then?
0: Well, they didn't have the practice of painting <laughs> their 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 walls blue. Um, okay. I don't I don't know again I think that's very apocryphal. And Wikipedia lists a third thing that I can't remember. All of those are pretty apocryphal. The one the one that I think is the most plausible uh is the one that it is painted blue to ward off uh spirits. Um it's like a, a like a, almost like a religious type thing. And I think that's really cool. It's a really neat idea that like you paint houses a certain way to ward off evil spirits. Um and so that, that's a cool bit of uh, uh, world building. Those are the two basic bit of bits of world building I uncovered. Again, not a whole lot because I can't speak Arabic or French or Spanish. So it's a bit hard.
1: You've a bit of Duolingo Spanish, don't you?
0: I, I mean, I did Duolingo a bit in Spanish, but when forced to talk a bit of Spanish in real life, you suddenly realize how little you actually know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I would say I nearly got by better with French. Uh, than I did with Spanish because I just forget. Oh, wow. I just forget all the Spanish. Now, that, don't take that as, like, I spoke French. More like I was able... After a while, I was able to say, like, deux jus d'orange, like, two orange juices, like, very, very basic, broken French. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, okay. And the, but, so, outside of this, I have two questions I want to ask of you or Artifexia based on my travels. Uh, one is... I am now confused as to what the concept of African-American means. Um, okay. In that I was in Africa, right? And the, I was surrounded by African people, right? And we met this one chap who was a first-generation American. So he was American, but his father was Moroccan. And he was back in Morocco to visit, uh, extend the family and stuff. And it occurred to me, this person does not look like what I think an African-American looks like. Um, they look like a sort of Mediterranean person. But mm-hmm. they are African-American by definition. So I wonder, is does would it be appropriate for them to use African-American? Or would they say like and a Moroccan-American? And if so, when is African-American appropriate? Now, the captain, I spoke to the captain about this, and she reckons... She's a good theory. She reckons it's when you have indeterminate ancestry. Like, you come from somewhere in Africa, like, as in your descendants were brought over, who knows where, the record-keeping is terrible, you can't really trace it, so you use the catch-all African-American uh, term. And if, say, you're Moroccan-American, you know this, so you'll just use Moroccan-American. Um, so have you ever come across, have you ever ran into this? Has this ever crossed your mind?
1: Um the g- generally yeah um i mean i i, I understand that the, the thing you're getting at here um. from what the captain said by that definition obama barack obama isn't african-american
0: by that definition
1: or because obama knows where he's from yeah because obama obama is uh, kenyan he's half yeah. kenyan isn't he yeah, that's Kenyan American.
0: I I did I didn't know that, but that would make sense. I mean, maybe so, it started off like that, and then it's become a catch-all term for anyone who is black.
1: I don't know. It it could be, um, and I I know there was. I remember hearing at the time of his original, like his first election, um, that there there were pe- people that felt he didn't represent uh, other Black Americans because. He didn't have that, or because he did have that background that he he knew, um, oh. of, of his background. And now I'm sure that was a very much a minority thing. I don't think it was a, mm. a, a a a widely held opinion. But I remember there being part of that that his his experience wasn't rooted in the same kind of experience as a lot of Black Americans.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. Um. I don't know. I guess it's not really for 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 me to say, but.
0: I mean, this is kind of why there, there, I'm, there, I'm asking on the show, hoping that someone who, yeah. who it is for them to say would point this out to me.
1: There, I mean, there's also, like, there is a... There, there are discussions about how much you consider North Africa to be Africa in the sense that the rest of Africa is, that Sub-Saharan Africa is. Like, they can be considered distinct in a lot of ways. Because um, man, because
0: boy, are they like, again, I've only been there for 12 days. Right. But like climate is very different. Like the last, the last town we stayed in was like, it was indistinguishable from a Mediterranean town, like on the yeah. other side of the Mediterranean. And you're kind of like, you had to really remind yourself that you were in Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, because, and yeah, the concept man of, of uh, say, an Egyptian person being like, I am African-American. Uh, if they're of Egyptian descent, it just seems, Mm -hmm. it seems like the, I don't want to say the wrong nomenclature because I don't want to tell people what they can or can't say, but I suppose it's so rooted in the idea of African-American equals black and it does not equal like Arab per se, or it does not equal Mediterranean person per Mm. se.
1: Um, Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure a lot of Egyptian-Americans would consider themselves, well, no, I'm not going to say I'm sure that they would, but I, I could perceive that some of them make into themselves Arab American rather than African American
0: exactly yeah um, so yeah so I so essentially what I'm getting at is here I wonder if is there are are there any uh, Americans listening or in any other country who are of uh, African descent uh, who are perhaps like who are not like black in quotes who are people of color but not black and like how what is the nomenclature. Uh, what do you identify as? I'm very, very interested in this because it literally did not dawn on me until I landed in Africa and I was suddenly like, wait a mm. minute, this place is huge. There's so many different ethnicities. It's crazy. Like, I'd love to know what the actual thing is here. And I'd rather not go on what some white person says. Do you know what I mean? Um, I'd rather listen to the actual people, which would be great if, the, if, the, if those people exist in Artifaxia.
1: Yeah. There, there's... um. So, to an extent, I think this exists down the, the east um, of Africa as well because of the history of um, Arabic trading along the east so that there, there are Arabic communities there or populations that have uh, Arabic descent, as far as I know. Um,
0: oh.
1: Yeah. And then, of course, in South Africa... Because of all the different kinds of colonization that went on there, you have people of South Asian descent Mm. and you have, uh, I think there's, because of, because of Dutch colonization, there are people of like Indonesian descent. There's communities of, of people of Indonesian descent, I think. Um, yeah around, uh, around the cape and stuff yeah south so, africa is a real oh,
0: melting pot of of different uh, cultures and ethnicities yeah
1: and then of course there's the like the the diversity ethnic diversity of the the kind of the pre-colonization peoples there or the, yeah. the pre-european colonization peoples there um so there's a there's a there's a lot going on um in in that bit of the continent
0: definitely definitely um so yeah so yeah again the question is what does african-american mean mean to african-americans essentially in a nutshell Mm. and i'd love if if, again if you are african-american or if you're african whatever african european or australian whatever i'd love to know what this means to you and how it ties Mm. in with the notion of africa being really big (laughs) Um,
1: and of course it'll change according to wherever the other place is because of how yeah um, immigrants are treated differently in different places and how identities are constructed differently in america than they are in france or russia or australia or whatever ha-
0: have you ever heard of a uh, a person identifying themselves as african irish has that ever been a thing that you've come across i've never heard that nomenclature i've he- i've heard... never heard
1: that term used no
0: yeah, because I've uh, one friend who is of Nigerian descent and like he'll mm-hmm. talk he'll talk about that and like it's fine but he, I don't, I've never heard him identify as African Irish um, that particular term um, mm-hmm. which is uh, which again is interesting. Anyway, yeah again it's it is it is, a, it is an amazingly diverse place and again uh, anyone who who is in any way related please let me know what you think about all of this. Yeah Sure. And then last thing I wanted to ask of you, if you know the answer, and then of Artifexia, uh, the relevant people in Artifexia, if they know the answer. I'd like to know what the stance is with regards to Islam and weed. Uh, because Morocco, for anyone who doesn't know, Morocco, is, uh, there's a lot of weed being sold in Morocco, uh, particularly up north. Um, we, we accidentally stumbled across a weed farm while we were hiking. Um, class I, it was great uh, actually what, what, what happened was I'll, I'll quick I'll tell you the story that sounds
1: it? like the beginning of a terrifying story
0: it does <laughs> it sounds like we should have been on a documentary like banged up abroad or whatever um, no what happened was we were hiking and we met this dog and this dog was super friendly and he like he became our guide like he'd walk up the trail a little bit uh, and wait for us and then when we caught up with him he'd walk down the trail a little bit more and we were like Oh, let's just follow this dog. It's, it clearly is going to the end point of this trail.
1: But Edgar, uh, Edgar, Edgar. Yeah. Did you pet the dog?
0: No, because the dog oh. the, the dog was a bit kind of beat up. So he had a bloody nose and stuff. So I was oh. like, I I I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to uh, pet the dog. But he was lovely. He was a lovely dog. Uh, anyhow, we followed the dog for a little bit, and next thing you know, the dog leads us right into a weed farm, and we were like. Oh, I see what's going on here. This dog belongs to the weed farmer. <clears throat> and the, the dog is simply going home to the weed farmer. Uh, and we were like, Shit, we should get out of here. So we got, we took some pictures and then we got out of there. <laughs> uh, so, but anyhow, Morocco, uh, they do like their weed. And the, you're as a tourist, you're continuously sold weed, especially up north. And then I was kind of like, hang on now, the predominant religion here is Islam. And Islam... Uh, as far as I'm aware, and please correct me if I'm wrong, Internet, uh, forbids, uh, it forbid definitely forbids drinking. You can't drink uh, if you're Muslim. And I believe the, the line goes something like, uh, you shall not like indulge in the fruit of the vine or whatever. So th- like drinking is disallowed, but is, I want to know, is weed not allowed either? Or are they just selling it to tourists and they don't consume it themselves? I have no idea. Like, uh, does, the, does the Quran explicitly forbid weed? Does it not forbid weed? Is there a loophole there? Anyone who's Muslim, I want to find out what the crack is here. Uh, please talk about this. I really want to know.
1: Um, Just because it banned, it's banned doesn't mean that people won't do it, though.
0: Like, well, it's, it's I, also
1: illegal in Ireland.
0: Yeah, but I get the impression... Again, I don't want to speak for Muslims here, but I get the impression that... Uh, when the Quran says you can't drink, that's taken very seriously and they don't drink um, as far as I know or at least like, from my dad's experience living in Saudi Arabia, it was kind of like no, no, like the locals really don't drink all the expats drank, but the locals just yeah. don't so if the Quran explicitly says that it's bad, then I would imagine that they wouldn't consume it, but then I'm kind of like, well where do you get the idea then that it's okay to sell it do you then go, like, I don't care about people who aren't Muslim? Uh, does the Quran even forbid it? Like, because I, I know it forbids drinking, but I don't know if it forbids other drugs. Like, it can't... Surely the Quran can't forbid, like, itemize all the drugs. Like, you know, thou shalt not do meth, thou shalt not do heroin, you know. And then, if it doesn't itemize everything, like, who calls this? Like, I think, it, again, a whole lot... I have a whole lot of questions about this, that... Uh, I I couldn't really get at with a Google, so I'd really like if there's any Muslim people in the sub to to talk to me about it and uh, get to the bottom of this because it's fascinating. Like I, this this it's basically like how religious law kind of works, and I really want to to get to the bottom of it. if That makes sense, unless of course, Bill, yeah. you you know something here.
1: I mean, I just I just think even if there is a prohibition on paper, people can just ignore it.
0: Which yeah, it
1: doesn't get- seem that far fetched
0: no not at all but again i think uh, the drink thing man like the there is a prohibition on the drink and drink is not consumed like there was no beer on sale whatsoever in all of morocco
1: the close yeah but that's a different drug like maybe it's just for whatever other cultural reason one is one is more emphasized than the other
0: yeah i suppose that's fair yeah they might be like oh the drink is drink is serious so we should we should stay away from that but maybe yeah maybe weed is downplayed a little bit ergo it's a bit of a grey area perhaps um mm. i don't know i don't know but it was very interesting um and yeah so that's those those are the things from morocco i don't want to go and give a blow by blow how the trip went because that's not this is a world building podcast i did not go to any museums though, Bill. you'd be you'd be glad to hear
1: <laughs> i'm glad for your sake
0: thanks man um yeah so that was my trip uh any questions
1: uh i don't think i have any questions
0: okay should we oh my god it's hour an hour and a half plus editing this is so it's gonna be such a small episode again i apologize everyone we're back to normal service next month shall we uh shall we end it there let's leave it at that Cool. All right. I'll see you next month, Bill. Thank you for talking to me. Thanks to listeners for listening to us. Thanks to the Patreons for supporting us. Y'all are amazing. See you next time.
1: Edgar Edgar out. out.